Welcome to the Heads and Bed Show, where we teach you how to get more properties, earn more revenue per property, and increase your occupancy. I'm your co-host, Conrad. And I'm your co-host, Paul. Hey there, Paul. How's it going today? Just a wonderful day, that other fantastic recording day in the short-term rental world. And we've just been discussing the latest here's and there's and all around the squares here a little bit. I feel like it's a fun time to be in the industry. You got Airbnb probably ready to run that 15-second ad that everybody's been talking about. And now we have to expand upon that. So how are you doing, sir? You you were saying it's a beautiful day, and I thought you were going to finish in the neighborhood. Are you a Daniel Tiger? Was, are the kids I Daniel Tiger? So close. I was you should have so done that. Close. The listeners don't know cool. Daniel Tiger, probably. Oh man, they should. Yeah, they should, they should know Mr. Rogers, but that's, that's it's based off Mr. Rogers, <laughs> which I never really watched that as a kid. I don't know if I just missed it age wise or something, but people were like, people were saying that they were obsessed with, with this character. And I was like, I saw clips of him later, but I'm like, I, I never saw this when I was a kid. I, I don't know. I was a Mr. Maybe Rogers I just missed kid. it. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Could have been. I don't know. Yeah, Daniel Tiger is fun, though. Daniel Tiger, it's a nonsensical universe, though, when you think about it. Like the grandfather lives far away. They're on this island. There's this sort yeah. of like quasi intelligent bus that somehow drives around like trolley and picks up the kids. I don't know. Sometimes I watch these kids shows and I just get a little confused by the structure of things. You know what I mean? Because parts of it make sense and parts of it make no sense. I will say you are missing some of the context for Mr. Rogers in some of those items, some of the the trolley and stuff like that. That's that, that is there, there's some of that baked into the, I think as a nod to the people who, who probably did watch and, and can, trace back right. there. So I think just those two specific examples, I'd say you're missing just a bit of context is, there. So. In the original, is the trolley somewhat intelligent without having a driver? It's just the trolley just shows up. Mm. Is that what I'm missing? No, it's no, it's just it's the opening scene. It's that's the opening okay. every day. It's the trolley ride through through Mr. Philly, Rogers right? House, or I think Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's a Philly oh, or Pittsburgh. One of those. I, don't know. I know it's some. Those. Yeah. Again, some listener else is now screaming and I can't believe you guys don't know the exact city. <laughs> yeah. It's we correct. lost any Pennsylvania <laughs> property managers. Sorry about that. I like the whole yeah. state. I'm I sorry. I don't think there's many there. Yeah, they, there's not that's many there. True. Poconos? It's no. like I joke about this before. I did a joke on LinkedIn a few weeks back about North Dakota doesn't exist. No one actually <laughs> exists hey. in North Dakota. This is not a real place. No one's ever been there. It's not real. Again, show what I'll believe when I see it. And I haven't seen it yet. And I'm 30 something years old. So hey, you know what I have seen though? Seven. Yeah, no, it's all good. You know what I have seen, though, is uh, a lot of marketing data over the years. And the marketing data that I've seen leads me to a conclusion that we're going to have some fun with today, which is that social media is a channel that you can leverage, but it's not right Mm -hmm. for everybody, nor is it necessarily the best marketing strategy that you can always spend the most time on because there's other better marketing channels out there. You and I, we mostly agree on this, but I think it's not maybe not the most popular idea amongst people in our space. And there's certainly... I don't say exceptions. There are certainly situations that lead social media to be a lot more successful for, for brand A versus brand B, C, D, E, and F. And I think it's worth going through those a little bit. So what's your, when someone says, I'm a vacational manager, I want to get more homeowners or more guests, I'm going to use social media to get those owners explicitly. What's your reaction to how someone could use social in a positive way? And then what do you see as the drawbacks to them overly indexing or focusing on just social media channels? Yeah, I, I think on the owner side, it's tough just because you're really trying to go after a specific, very specific audience. So I don't think you can really separate that. And I think we've talked about it previously and just how you're talking, what you're posting, guest focus versus promotional focus, salesy focus versus an owner focus or anything like that in between. So I think that's one of those things where if someone says they want to grow their bookings, grow their inventory, it is. How are you being? I think my first question is, how are you going to be consistent? 
How are you going to make sure that you are posting consistently solid information and engaging with those people? This is where I think maybe this whole conversation turns into how can you justify hiring one person to do social media? Because it is, if you really want to do social media well, it's all about that consistency. It's about posting every day. It's about engaging with people. It's about getting comments and commenting back. It's treating that as its own audience. And I think the most successful companies that I've seen on the social media side of things, whether that's LinkedIn, whether that's Facebook, whether that's Instagram, they have a following because they're they're devoting resources to that following. They are engaging in the conversation and continuing the conversation. And that's, and I think that gets to the negative side of things too. The people who don't do the social media side effectively aren't doing it consistently. They will post once a week or once every two weeks. And even if they are getting engagement there, they're not engaging back out with that audience. And that social media audience should be more personal. It, it is. It's about when we got on social media, it was early on and it was a place where you were making friends. You're making digital friends out there or you were localizing, you're putting your in-person friends online or things like that. That's the type of community. That's the type of audience. That's the persona you're going after. So to not engage with them outside of one post every day or even a post every day, if you're not following that up with additional engagement, I think that's where you see people who don't see that value and give it up right away. So maybe that's the overarching look there, but what do you think there? Yeah, I think those are valid criticisms and valid problems that I think the property manager is going to face, which is you hit a few things there that we had in our outline. One is like the targeting. It's really hard on the homeowner side. I would argue bordering on possible <laughs> on the homeowner side to make sure that the only people seeing the content are in fact people that actually own vacational homes. There is no category inside of Facebook for owns a second home in insert destination here, right? That just right. straight up doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> so we use lots of like creative workarounds there, but that's all they ever mm-hmm. are going to be as workarounds. And it's always going to be right. a little bit of noise in there with regards to targeting. So certainly your homeowner recruitment ad is going to be seen by people who are not obviously homeowners and they aren't necessarily the right target. Now, right. then the question becomes, okay, if it's shown to at least some of the right people, will I get some benefit from that? We could come back to that question. But I think yeah, that's yeah, certainly yeah. a challenging side, <laughs> whether it's organic or, or paid content. I think you're right too with regards to like what sort of the appetite you have for quality and consistency. It was so funny. A client of mine actually bought a vacational company recently, not in his core market. So he is down in a beach market. He drives up to this mountain market and he wasn't even (laughs) intending to, but he's the deal was presented to him and he buys the vacational company. And I go, okay, so I know the playbook we're running for his company at the beach. It's doing well. We go and start to look at the playbook that we might be able to run for the company up at the mountains. And we find, no lie, that they last posted in on social media in February of 2022. Okay, keep in mind, it's February 2024, probably when you're listening to this, but it could potentially be March. Yeah, two years of not posting on social media and this property owner who's not even or property management company owner who's not even the most social media savvy guy himself sits there and go, if I was a renter, I would think they're out of business if I hadn't seen them post in two years. So I would take, honestly, a weekly posting over nothing. And that's what was happening in this scenario. Or I would argue if you truly have no time to post anything you might be better off just deactivating the page because people are going to find the page and assume things that maybe aren't true if they go to search and validate that it's a real company and things like that. So I think there is like a minimum, again, appetite or level of commitment that you have to have for social media, even if even to give you a C minus grade, like you have to be doing some level of activity for it to be pushing content out there and getting some level of reach from it. But it's hard, like the organic reach now that we get on Facebook, is it's gone ba- come back a little bit. There's certainly a period there where I felt sure. like there was nothing. Now I feel like we're yeah. getting a little bit better reach for most stuff. But the competition on Facebook is extreme. And I don't mean other vacational companies. And the fact that you go on Facebook, 
Instagram too in particular, and you're inundated with short form videos that are to be completely honest, ridiculously entertaining. Some of the funny stuff that you see on there is it's hard to compete with that when it's click here and book my property, which is what a lot Mm -hmm. of social media content can look like. It it is hard. It is hard to do well. And it's really hard to do well from, I would say, from a position of me, me, which I think is often what, you know, we find with clients is they want to talk about their specials, their promotions, that sort of stuff. And the most Mm -hmm. optimal strategy is what's in it for the viewer or the potential guest on the other side. And a lot of that may mean the format of the content, you know, what you talk about and so on and so forth. And the attention span that person has for content that's not incredibly engaging on social is virtually <laughs> nil. So there's people, right. that's one thing that bothers me. I think we've picked at this before people talking about, oh, our attention spans are so short and this and that. We know that's objectively not true because people will watch two to three hours straight of Netflix content. So they'll right. consume content that they like and that they're entertained by. What they won't do is tolerate mediocre stuff that's just not entertaining enough because it's just a swipe away to get to that next video that's going to be more entertaining. That's the way to think about it is not, oh, I'm competing with this vacation rental company over here or this one over here or even like an Airbnb OTA. That's not even what you're competing with either. It's how do I make this content engaging enough where people are going to sit here and consume it and stop what they're doing and stop the swipe and actually go into the next piece there. And that's really hard. One note I had on the outline on my side of things was that the property really has to be exceptional. You know, I think for you to get really excellent results and the more exceptional and unique and strange the property, the better it tends to do. You know, I think if you have 20 of the same condo and you're marketing on social, like you can get some success here and there. You can certainly chip away at it. It can be five, 10% of your traffic. Maybe the same percentage of your bookings may come from that, but it's never going to get that kind of exponential reach because it's just not interesting enough. If we're just being completely honest, like the property itself is not interesting enough to be featured on social media and get the type of engagement that it really needs for it to succeed organically. So I don't know if you've encountered this over the years, but this seems to be the dividing line is like, how interesting is it to actually just watch this and consume it? Absolutely. I think that ultimately it comes down to, we've talked about it, it's interruption. You have to interrupt Mm -hmm. that. And if you're just doing it with the same old, it is that that one bedroom condo that can be seen in many beach markets or the two bedroom, it it is. How do you differentiate it? If you're going to go wild with the interior design. Okay, now we got something there. But I do, I I think that it takes something that's, when we say it's social media worthy, Instagram worthy, I see a lot of different companies use that as a selling point on the owner side of things. That's fantastic. You got to back that up. So if I think it is, you have to actually make sure that these properties do get that facelift. And if the, if a property has a facelift or you can show a before and after, those types of things I think are compelling. That will get the audience to stop what they're doing. But for how long? <laughs> so you, get, you have to think about the, that time that you have them to commit. With a video, yeah, maybe you can engage them for 15 to 30 seconds, 60 seconds, something like that if it's really good. If, you just, if you're doing it just with images, your hook better be pretty quick in there of if you're presenting six six images and you want to do a little hook you know, book here in the middle, I'd, I'd do it after four, something like that. Thinking about the attention span that they have, but overall, yeah, you have to have something that's going to stop someone in their seats. Again, stop the scroll, stop whatever they're doing and actually sit down, have a chance to get off to your website. That's 50 50 at best too because they might stick on your profile go to your business page but there's still one more step to them getting ultimately to where you want them to go where we can start to retarget them outside of page likes or something like that engaging with the page yeah it's it makes it a lot more difficult i guess is what we're trying to say here so 
Yeah. And to your point, to frame it a little more positively for a second, it would be (laughs) even when you do all the work to get someone to stop and consume the content and look at what you're doing, you do the hard part there. The trouble that I find too, this this would be the case for doing more of social media content when you are seeing some level of success, is that really is just planting a seed in their brain and they're not really necessarily acting on it in that moment. So when we did this study, we did this last year, I need to go and do this again for 2023 data that should be feasible for me to do now, which is that we looked at all of our clients and we put it all into this big spreadsheet. And we, by the time we added everybody in there, it was millions of visits to vacation websites that we were looking at. And it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 2%. It was like 1.89 or 2.01% of people come from social media and make a reservation. So it's not that you never get bookings from social. The trouble is that's not the last visit. It's probably the first visit that they have. It's more of that discovery awareness that they might make through social media. So if you're going to do social media and you have the property that's interesting and you can create video and photo content that's engaging that people want to consume, again, I think you've done the hard part, but you really are never going to see the tracked measurable ROI that you might actually be getting because it's this lovely discovery engine. And that's the pro here of doing it is that it can Mm -hmm. be this discovery engine for people to find you on social, find you on Instagram in particular, pin it, save it, like it, to your point, follow you on Instagram. None of those things are going to lead to a booking today, tomorrow, or the next day, most likely, no. but they might lead to a booking 30 days later, 45 days later, and so on and so forth. And we got a chance to work with kind of one of these influencer type Airbnb accounts a little while ago. And it was really interesting to see the metrics behind the account because they would frequently have stuff between paid and organic promotions that they were doing on the Instagram page where they would have two, three million people see the the properties, like it was like a group of properties every month between all the advertising they were doing. And they would see people go specifically out into Google, do a search for the name of the company and the name of the (laughs) brand of the properties and then book. So then Google gets all the credit and we weren't working with this client on SEO or paid search or anything. But I'm like, really all that technically, yes, they did click from Google and then made a reservation. (laughs) But social media can be, this is the good part about it, can be this discovery engine where people find it and they're drawn to it, like a moth to a flame. They're drawn to that property. They think, wow, this looks really interesting. This location looks really interesting and so on and so forth. And that's where you actually see the benefits. If you're envisioning your property and you're being honest about the condition and the the location and the design and all those things that you were talking about earlier, you have to think to yourself, is this the best channel for me to be focused on and putting a lot of effort into if I can't generate that flywheel of people looking at it, liking, commenting, sharing, tagging, and so on and so forth, and then getting getting results on it. Some of the best social media work that I think we do is half the work was already done by the property and the photos and the video work that was done before we showed up. And then we're just repackaging it and formatting it into different ways and trying to share that in a way that's engaging to people. And that's, it takes us the same amount of work, whether it's a good or bad product to market, but one, (laughs) we see this exponential kind of growth and exponential follower count. And one, we just see a flat line. People just not really caring too much or not really seeing anything that really uh, speaks to them. So it's tricky. It's hard. And this is not a silver bullet. I saw I was listening to a podcast the other day, a client of mine sent to me. And it was I forget exactly who said it, but it was something to the effect of there are no silver bullets. There are 100 BBs, 100 gold BBs is what he said. <laughs> I thought it was clever because I think social media yeah. is that it's one one piece amongst many that you can use to help grow your business, your vacational business for sure. But it's not a silver bullet like some people make it out to be because it's always going to have to be supported by an awesome direct booking website. So if they go to that website and they're interested in booking direct, they better be pretty confident that you're going to deliver on what it is they're after. It's going to be followed up by, honestly, it it works better when it's followed up by remarketing, by retargeting. It's followed up by an email maybe that they hop on the list and then they get an email asking them to book later. It's It's like the more pieces that you put into place, the more results you're going to get. And I think that 
that's the mistake that I see people making is they assume that one channel is going to get them where they want to go. And then they overly fixate on social for some reason, because they might've heard that this is the way, or they consume social media themselves. So they think surely I can do this for my business. They see a very clear path to doing marketing on social media versus SEO might be foreign to them. Paid search might be foreign to them. They don't really know how the systems work. They feel like they understand how the social systems work, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or something like that. So I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. The other thing I'll say, just th- throw out some other ideas there, is that rent an audience in social media is a rented asset. You don't necessarily have the same level of, I w- I'm saying control in air quotes for the listener, control <laughs> over your social media audience. There's been situations in the past, we've had a client that dealt with this, certainly on the ad side, you and I deal with this all the time, which is that Facebook could just decide, nope, we're not going to prove your ad. You guys are <laughs> advertising housing. <laughs> It's not housing, Facebook. They're getting a little better. They're getting a little better. I will say that. But I still seem to get stuck in these loops lately where I'm getting rejection after rejection. And it's like Facebook's permission to allow us to market to our audience or to an audience that we have, even if we're targeting people who follow our page or people that are fans of us or people that are on our email list. These are all valid targeting methodologies and systems inside of Facebook. I say Facebook at uh, like across Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) But it's certainly something where tomorrow Facebook could close your page, Instagram could close your page, and there really is not a lot you can do to potentially control that. So in the world of people talk about Airbnb having control of their business, certainly social was the same situation. They really have control of your list, your followers, your audience, unless you're working diligently to take them off that platform and go in another place where you can potentially get their permission a little bit more easily. Email being the most obvious one that we just talked about in an episode or two ago about doing email marketing. Then I think you have to figure out ways to to realize that you're on a rented audience there, no different than a listing site in some respect, and you've got to plan accordingly, right? And I, I think we've talked about previously how that meta business manager account, I just told you, I'm, I'm working through with a, a business who literally is trying to get access to a business that they own. But because the owner of the business manager, the user, that G, the email address could not find the access, could not access it. I, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it is, the, we are having to go through a four month long process in order to get the, and we still don't have it, to get access to a meta business manager account. They have access to the page. They have access to the ads manager account, but it's giving access and providing access to anything else that they need within that account. For a while, Facebook, meta, whatever, when they did the rebrand, really it was to meta, they put these meta business manager accounts over top and they put a prerequisite in to do remarketing or any type of custom audience targeting that you had to have this meta business manager account over top. What happened is, okay, all of a sudden, agency A owns your business manager account. Agency B owns your business manager account. And we got into this whole complex level of, yeah, for a while, you didn't know who owned your your Facebook business page ultimately. And that's scary. That's it is. Not even the concept of just meta going down at some point and all that equity you built up. Goodbye. Yeah. And it's the audience size too. It's not even just the fact of like access. I think you point out a valid thing there. It's the fact that I remember when I first started looking at social stuff, I wasn't even on the social team back then, but the agency I used to work for back in 2014, 15, that era, there was certainly a time when you would be it would be pretty straightforward for you to run contests and do posts and giveaways and things like that. I remember we did this one where we gave away, I think it was like a week or something like that. It was like a week long stay at a, I forget exactly what it was, a larger property. I remember that for sure. 
And we, I remember looking at the numbers and we reached the entire population of South Carolina. So it was like six point something million people saw our Facebook post organically. This was almost like before ads or before you could like, it was called dark post back then. That's not what we were doing. This was just like a regular organic post on Facebook. And we did it by mm-hmm. forcing people to like and comment in order to enter the contest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we mm-hmm. ran like a random number giveaway. And I'm like, you can't <laughs> even do that now. If you do that now, it's just no. not going to get very much organic reach. You're going to have to use paid ads. To potentially get that reach and the rules change you can even do what i was describing there where you can force people to enter a contest by liking right. and sharing even though people seem to get away with it all the time but technically if you read the rules and the bylaws the privacy policy all that kind of stuff that is the world of meta can't force anyone to like a page in order to get access to something so <laughs> the it's it feels one of those platforms and one of those situations where if they're not careful you realize that the control you have again is, is significantly significantly more less stable than you think with regards to audience because it can change at any moment in time. And people just don't always understand that until they get further into the process. The algorithms, as with Google, as with any of the search, it is. It's You never know how they're going to change. Ultimately, it's not us that gets the priority of what we want, what our needs. The business is an afterthought. It's how can Meta make more money? Hopefully, how can they get the end user a little better experience? But Make more money while they're doing it. The advertiser, the business, the third part, or the middleman is always going to get the shaft there. So you got to roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe we can round out by doing some inverse thinking. This might be fun, which there is that go. when there does social media work well? So social media works there well we when you have a lot of time to dedicate to it and you can put out consistently great, engaging, interesting content. That should include both photo and video content. Social media does well, or you can do better on social when you can put out a high volume of content and when you can break through the noise, right? If you're able to post once a week, okay, that's better than nothing. Again, you don't want people to think you're out of business, but it's better if you can certainly post three times a week or if you can post every day, if you have the ability to put out good stuff, that certainly can do, do you justice. Social media works better when you have exceptionally unique properties that have a certain aesthetic, look, feel, indoor slides, theme rooms, massive properties that are in a beautiful setting in nature, all these kinds of things. If it's catchy, for lack of a better term, you're going to do a little bit better on social media. You're going to do a better job if you can reach your target demographic without necessarily needing to use a lot of paid access. So instead of having to go in and boost every post or promote every post through right. Facebook ads manager, by by the fact of you're posting on Instagram, your audience is the Instagram audience, you're going to see some benefit from that. You're going to benefit from social media if you can get someone to know and trust you. So if they wouldn't maybe trust you before, you're a new company, you don't have reviews, but you can do Mm -hmm. video content, photo content that humanizes you, that makes you look like someone that people want to do business with or want to stay with. You're going to benefit from social media. There's no way for me to frame this positively. Social media algorithms are unpredictable, (laughs) so I'm not even going to try. That was on our outline as well. Social media is one channel that you don't need as much much permission to market into, right? So you don't have to go get approved by Airbnb or anything like that. If you are following the rules, generally speaking, you'll have a good time on social media. And if you put out the right quality and you put out the right appeal, you can do a lot of good things on social media, that's for sure. But if any of those things I just said over the past minute and a half or two minutes are not true, I think you're going to have a little bit of a harder time to have success on social. It's not that you'll have no success, not that you'll see no bookings coming in, but it's in my mind, it's only ever going to be third or fourth, probably in your stack of priorities behind things like doing social marketing or excuse me, search marketing behind doing things like email marketing to your past guests behind doing things like acquiring more inventory, getting more homes so you can build that flywheel. And it's always going to be that kind of secondary third channel for us, unless 
you meet some of the criteria like we talked about over the last little bit. So know your business, know what you have, know what you're marketing. Mm -hmm. And then I think you can take social and do really well with it. Or you can realize that social is not for you. And maybe this is the way that I'll end this on my side. And that's okay. There's a lot of companies that we've worked with over the years that really don't have a strong social media presence at all. We don't do their social media marketing. We focus just on SEO. We focus just on paid search, just on email. We focus on two or three things and try to do those really well. And they've done phenomenally well for their own business, right? They've We have a client we worked with who started at like 15 properties. He just crossed 200 recently. And I think he has 200 Facebook uh, fans and maybe 100 followers on Instagram. <laughs> just never put effort into social media. Wasn't his focus. Focused on everything outside of that maybe is like the way to think about it. And his business has been phenomenally successful. He was doing 7 to $8 million a year now in gross booking revenue. So this is not the only way to do it. This is one way to do it. There's some ways that it makes sense. But feel free to be go against the grain from maybe the person outside who doesn't know our space well and not focus on social. And I think you can still build a pretty good vacation rental marketing machine, in my experience. Absolutely. It is. It's, it's one spoke in the wheel, ultimately. Yep. It's whether you use it, it has more weight for some, less weight for other, but it's, it's not the be all end all. And people who treat it like that, again, you're going to go as well or as poorly as you do. But in I think some of the top performing companies that I've worked with, it is, it's not overly weighted. It's used to generate what it does in the ultimate sales funnel there. And it's something that if you're good, and it is, who's good at it, we can see who struggles a little bit. So if, when you're good and yeah. continue to do it, if you're good, and if not, find another channel that's more effective for you, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, maybe we can start like a little series here of here's the way that this channel works well. Here's the way this channel doesn't work right. well. When I was putting together the book a while ago, I was thinking of that because I, I, I made this list of like, when you're at this lo- revenue level, there's a version of you working on social media right. that makes sense. There's a version of you working on SEO when you're one property that actually makes sense. And it's ranking yeah. for the name of your property, just to give you an example, right? It's not I'm going to go rank for Orlando vacation rentals. If you're in Orlando and you have (laughs) one condo, that's not your goal. That is a goal for someone, but not for you. Your goal is different. So if you know what your goal is and how to work within that goal, I think you can have a lot of success. So awesome. We were a little doomsy today, not like the worst that we've ever been, but a little down on some of these things just to bring a little dose of reality or a little, some metrics, some data about what we Mm -hmm. see in the real world from a marketing perspective. And yeah, social, we like it. We are big consumers of it. But there's yeah. a time and a place when it makes sense for a vacational business. And hopefully the listener gets some get some benefit and value out of that. So we'll be back next week, a fun new episode. I think we'll go into some other marketing topics as we like to tend to do here on the Heads and Bed Show. If you made it this far, hopefully one thing that's not really social of you, but what certainly we're open <laughs> to it being a social, is you go to your podcast app of choice. I had a, a client actually email in. His initials are KB. So he might be he might know who it is if he's listening to this piece. And he said he had a hard time finding the, the like way to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you email uh-huh. me, I'll send you like the exact link, the screenshot or if you're unsure of where to go, go. email me, conrad at buildupbookings.com. I'll happily guide you through the process for those five-star reviews because it helps us a lot. It doesn't cost you a dime. And if you, again, it's not a social activity, but if you make it a little social and email me, we can have a good time in the email inbox. And that's always fun. So we appreciate you if you made it this far, though, on a serious note. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Heads and Bed Show. Thanks so much.